The Hundred Marathon Club by Darren Smith Time is on your side. It's how I look at races. Back in the day when I used to travel a lot internationally for work, 12-hour flights to the Far East or out to the West Coast in America, I used to look at that time and think, God, this is hell. But once you realise it doesn't matter what you think or what you do, that in 12 hours' time you will be there, then you can get through it so much easier. When I think of those flights and I look back at my time, I could have done anything. I could have read a book, watched the movies, watched the same movie over and over again. I could have eaten or not eaten. I could have gone to the toilet or slept or tried to sleep, spoken to the person next to me. I could have done any of those things, but it wouldn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because time still passes. That is the nature of time. In 12 hours' time, I will be there. It doesn't matter what I do. And when I think of my racing, it's very similar. You find yourself at the start line of a race. And you worry. You are at kilometre zero. You've got 42.2 kilometres to go. 26.2 miles. This marathon needs to be run. And you worry. You panic. How am I going to do this? The thing is, it's not just you. It's you, plus your effort, plus time. If you think of it like that, well... I'm standing here now, but in five hours' time, I've probably finished. And it doesn't matter what happens between this moment and five hours from now. Whether I'm happy or sad, or I jog or I run, or I run walk, or I listen to music, or stop at the aid stations, or stop at the water stops, or drink something, or eat something, or talk to someone, or run with someone. In five hours' time... You've probably finished. So don't panic at the start of a race. Because that is just the beginning. And you've got time on your side. Number two. Manchester. April the 10th, 2016. I know what you're thinking. Didn't he say that his second marathon was Copenhagen or something? Well, yes. Yes, it was. Or it was supposed to be. But after Berlin, I had become more and more involved with the UK Run Chat community online. I had hosted their weekly hour forum half a dozen times and was now patched into the daily feed on Twitter. What this meant was that I now had tens of thousands of people telling me what to do or potentially influencing my race calendar. I had always signed myself up to the ultra Race to the Stones 100k and my first trail marathon, the Race to the King, day one in preparation for it. Manchester was just another one of those races. It's where you see a bandwagon and you think, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to jump on. In reality, there are several large marathons in the UK at London everybody knows about. But Edinburgh, Loch Ness and Liverpool are large too with Brighton and Manchester vying for the second place spot after the capital. Paris, Brighton, Manchester and London 
are normally one after another in Super April, he says, doing the quote marks. People do run them all in one year. Brighton sells out fast. And they also sell places for runners who get into London via ballot or good for age. Not wanting to pay any extra, I instead opted for Manchester. And what I had now, with Berlin fresh in my mind, was something to compare it to. I had the opportunity to also find new things out, to experiment, to learn from my second marathon. After Beth and her 15-week training plan for Berlin, where I was training four or five times a week, I fueled properly, dieted, rested, and became very focused. I started to wonder what the bare minimum would be for me to get through a marathon. If Berlin was a high bar, what would be the low bar needed to complete a race? And this got me thinking. And so I decided, and I do not advocate this, at all. Do not go and tell your parents. I decided to not train at all. I would do the bare minimum, mostly the odd half or 10k or park run, and then go into it with what I saw as my lowest base fitness level. I would then know what I needed to do to hit the sweet spot of running a marathon with enough training to get me through comfortably. It should be somewhere between Berlin and Manchester. Manchester was more than a race. There would be meals again, meetups, and a pub after. UK Runshot had flags and cheer points. I met up with Katie and Sam and Spencer who had cheered me on in Berlin, David and Bill. We took start line group photos, smiling in the shadow of Old Trafford cricket ground. It felt very inclusive. And as part of a group, I felt like I belonged for the first time since I started running. I just wish I'd trained for this race now. The start of the race, when it happened, was an awkward fumbling. There were no marshals, no policed pens with numbers checked. There was no tape separating the waves. This was not the battery hens of Berlin, no sir. It was all very free-range. We milled about after the group photo and ambled into the start area. The tannoy was inaudible. There was no warm-up, or if there was, we did not hear it. People kind of shuffled forward, chatting, as the closer they got to the start. And then, before we knew it, we were, we were already off and running. And it felt flat. And it felt fast. And I was caught off guard by the start and needed to find my pace. Music on, water tables avoided for the first 10k. I soon found my rhythm. On what felt like constant there and backs and there and backs. It was not a pretty route. Not by a long chalk. It was residential. The crowds were there, to be fair. And the water tables, they were just water. The nutrition tables, sickly gels and jelly babies. Honestly, by the end, I thought if I ever see another jelly baby, it will be too soon. And... 
With a combination of water, then gel, then jelly babies, my guts were rotten by halfway. And by 30 kilometres, I had to stop at a portaloo and give birth to what felt like a two-pound jelly baby. I needed oranges, bananas and apples cut up, Lucasade or Powerade, you know, the blue one, the one we call Smurf Piss. Anything to break up the cycle. And so I stopped visiting them. But it was a bad mistake, too late in the race. Forgoing the water stops hit me pretty hard, and I felt weaker, dropping down from a run to a run-walk strategy. I would run for 500 metres and walk for 100 to regain my strength, and then run for a further 500. But this only lasted until 35k, when I needed to slow down even more, dropping to a 3-1 walk-run ratio. I was beaten. But it was a fast beating. The first half of the race, I leaned heavily on the races I'd completed leading into Manchester. Fast 10Ks and halves, a couple of PBs along the way. I'd even won a mile race at the Olympic Stadium. I was also seventh at a very large half marathon walk. So even the walking portion of my race was at a faster rate of knots. I was just not sauntering along. And then Samwise Baxter, a runner I'd met at the Liverpool Half the year before, came past me at some point. My head was down. I was contemplating a second portaloo stop and giving my jelly baby a sibling when he shouted out that the finish was just up ahead. And he was right. And this shocked me into life. I picked up the pace, running the last kilometre faster than the previous ten, and crossing the line in what would be a personal best by over four minutes. This, of course, went against everything I was expecting. With the training for Berlin and then the lack of training for Manchester, I had hoped to be slower by a good half an hour, so I could then work out a happy middle ground. Finishing Manchester faster, and it is still my PB at the time of recording, 45 marathons into the quest. Well, that blew my mind. I was back to the drawing board. But looking back, my resounding memory of Manchester was the poor start, the lack of marshalling, the chaos at the end where family members were allowed into the race village and then the disaster at the baggage tents. It took hours for people to get their bags. Some queued for over two. Others gave up and had their bags posted to them. I queued with Katie as she had been my chauffeur for the weekend. And the sight of beaten runners having just completed a marathon standing in line for hours can be quite haunting. And it certainly made me question the idea of dropping a bag off at races from then on. 